0: What is IBM Watson? And how is this new cognitive system enabling a new partnership between people and computers, specifically when it comes to your content? Learn about this and much, much more on today's third episode of the Content Marketing for the Future podcast. Welcome all to the Atomic Reach podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Chu here to talk about new strategies and intelligent tools for modern marketers. For those new to the show, welcome and thanks so much for tuning in. We publish a new episode every other week and a summary on the Atomic Reach blog. Today, we're in for a treat as we'll be talking to machine learning enthusiast, strategy building pro, and HubSpot professor Joel Traugott. Good morning. Good morning. How <laughs> was inbound?
1: It was a good time. Um, <clears throat> it's the first chance I've had to like really mix and mingle with HubSpot's customers and little ecosystem. It's like a lot of folks here came up through support, and like that's all I've ever done, but I didn't. So I'm kind of lacking that experience until last week. So it was a good week. So I learned a awesome tactic from one of my more seasoned teammates with the follow-up stage. Because if I asked everyone for a card, I would be obligated for like 40, 50 emails, right? <laughs> <laughs> they said, just give them your card and tell them to email you so that they self-select and you get like 10% of those people, but they're the ones who actually want to talk to you. Really? Oh, wow. It worked like a freaking charm. I had people like trying to shove cards at me. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, take this.
0: That's <laughs> crazy. We have to try that. We're going to go to the Gilbane one in a couple weeks um, in Boston and we're just trying to figure out how do we get more people to contact us? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think, I think you guys are uniquely positioned in that now people who aren't that good at marketing or start at marketing are starting to notice and talk about ml and like that's when it really takes off when they just need someone who can do it for them
0: mm-hmm, definitely i mean it's so new the concept itself when we're speaking at that conference and we're just mm-hmm. thinking of how to approach this so that people aren't stressed people aren't scared about what machine learning is and how they can apply it to their own strategies cuz it's it's kind of complicated when you first hear it you're like what a subfield of computer science what is that
1: <laughs> I think the way I might position that is like, it's almost like having another employee, however you want to say that, because you don't have to run it past your editor as much, right? You can just plug it into this thing. And this thing has a lot of those same binary skills that an editor would have. It's like adding someone to your team.
0: So when you were at Inbound, um, did you go to any of these presentations and which ones really kind of caught your eye like what tips did you have that say make it fun or entertaining
1: um i was pretty much working the whole conference so i didn't actually go to any of the breakout sessions um what i did do was lots of drinking afterward to like get to know people and then on the tuesday i actually ran one of our trainings which was really fun i think the big thing is having like a almost interruptive tempo between lecture and activity, be that questions, discussion, or a workbook, so that people don't have time to really get bored with either the activities or the presentation. What conference are you guys gonna be at? Uh,
0: Gilbane. it's a digital marketing technology conference.
1: That sounds actually super interesting. Send me the details on that, if that's in Boston, there's no reason I can't pop in for a couple hours. <laughs>
0: So, going with the first question, what are some of the challenges digital marketers face that Watson now can help them solve?
1: So, be it Watson, Atomic Reach, or any software that's uh, involved in ML or machine learning, I think it really gives you more like you have a little more scale. Whereas normally you would take a piece of content and have to run it past an editor and and an approval process. Well, not everyone has those kinds of resources. So, any smart system that can, like, help you personalize, edit, find better ways to talk to your specific audience can almost replace a person on your team. And I'm not saying fire anyone, but if you don't have anyone, it can really help you out as well.
0: So, at your role in HubSpot, uh, at HubSpot, how did, Watts, How did like, going into Watson and using that tool to help you craft your content, How what was that process like?
1: Uh, so... I used it a couple of times because um, I'm, I'm sort of learning about all this stuff, too, and it's really exciting. Um, what I did was we, I run the email certification here, and we have sort of a persona we've developed around it, like, who is this thing for? And through a lot of conversations and experimentation, it's pretty close to spot on. But I didn't really have a good way to see if what I was writing uh, objectively had the right voice for that persona. And using um, IBM's personality insights, I was able to more like sort of figure out this piece of content. Who is he and does he get along with the person that he's supposed to be getting along with? Which I know that's a little uh, like I guess it brings it to life.
0: Mm, Interesting. So uh, give us a bit of background. What is Watson and why should we care?
1: Um, So I'm probably going to slaughter this because I'm not very technical. But my understanding is it is a artificial intelligence that has been taught on thousands and millions of pieces of copy content, whatever it is, to actually start to understand what they are, what voice they have, what they do as a piece of communication, and to actually like, put that in a form we can see. That is so in the clouds. I wish there was someone from IBM here to actually help.
0: Well, it's, it's taken from your personal experience, and I think the way you explain it helps the beginner learn, okay, it's not a scary thing. All this technical data speak, is it's very approachable.
1: Yeah, that's one thing when I'm like writing or tweeting about it. I want to just say ML almost instead of machine learning, because machine learning is sort of a big, scary term. But luckily, with the various technology companies who are tackling this, uh, you just get to reap the benefits. You don't have to Necessarily, totally understand what's going on under the hood.
0: Mm. So, with uh, ML, I guess we can call it now. Um, are there any other platforms that you have your eye on that have intelligence in them?
1: Yeah. So, one that I've been using is called Boomerang Respondable. It's a Gmail plugin that like audits your emails as you type them for you know word count, reading level, likelihood of receiving a response, and then a few personality metrics. So that was one of the first ones I started messing around with, and it's pretty cool. Um, I think it's a little lenient on what people respond to, or maybe the people I'm emailing are busy, um, but so from there, we went and started using the Watson platform, and then recently, and also the reason I'm talking to you, is I got in touch with a little company called Atomic Reach, who are doing something pretty cool with uh, sort of real-time ML editing, that sort of thing. I mean, do you want to give me a little more insight onto how you actually see your platform? Because I can't really tell the story that well yet.
0: So Atomic Reach helps anyone who's crafting content have more insight as to how to craft more effective, on-brand, consistent, quality content. So you have the typical writer, you have marketers always writing something, always publishing something. And... Sometimes when that goes through many hands, you lose the tone of the brand or you're not really sure as to what kind of emotion, what kind of perception someone's going to get when you send them that copy. So what we're trying to do, um, we're actually going to be launching Atomic AI very soon and that is what we call a universal editor and so you'll be able to use Atomic Reach in any platform that you write on, whether it's going to be your emails, whether you're writing um, a Google Doc, um, writing reports um, in our web app, WordPress, anywhere you write content, you'll be able to use our platform. So, from what you've experienced currently with Atomic Reach's platform and what you've done with Watson, and how do you think the two compare, and where do you think we should or we should and Watson can improve on?
1: Watson's like a microscope, I think, and Atomic Reach feels more like a friend or someone who sits next to you and can help you out. But I do have a question about the Atomic Reach that's on everything. So do you have any concerns if, say, 100 people are using this and the the program is pulling a lot of the same substitutions, like very common words that people sort of understate and it gives them new suggestions? Like, how do you think about... Making sure it's not telling everyone to say the same things, just like copy by committee might.
0: So, how we do that is now we're not going to ask for you to connect your engagement data, but if you want unique feedback for your target audience based on your engagement data, based on your social media and data, and your blog. Um, then we can give you more specific feedback and we offer our audit reports as well. So, any sort of content you have, if you give us an ebook of yours, let's say, we put it through our engine and we give you um, action items you can do to make your content more effective and more receptable for your audience.
1: Interesting. So, how much flexibility do you have around goals? For example, I'm running an ad campaign. You know, I can have a bunch of different goals, be it how many people are actually seeing this ad, I'm shooting for a certain cost per click. Yeah, so whatever whatever the intended outcome is. Hmm.
0: So that's what we go through when you request an atomic audit is we have a discovery call or when you first enroll in Atomic Reach. So when you first set up an account, we want to set up a discovery call with you to see what your goals are and we help you track um, if the changes you're, changes you're making from when you first started with us to let's say a month down the road at, or at the end of your trial, if you had an improvement.
1: Interesting. I didn't know you guys did that much support. That's actually a really good really good thing to be doing.
0: Yeah. We we just we want to make sure that you're covered in your content so that you're able to manage your own strategy yourself and we're not always holding your hand and you're constantly learning and able to adapt with the data that our engine scans and says, hey, your audience is kind of shifting to the more like, experienced level, the more specialist level. Maybe you want to start writing more technical, complicated content. Like for us, our audience last year was general, so very basic, very easy to read kind of stuff. But within the last six months, it's kind of changed to specialist. So it allows you to see who, how much content you want to write for specific audiences, depending on if you want more engagement, depending on if you want more leads and traffic.
1: It's interesting. And you could also take it as like most of my content is general. I really want to get some more specialists to get more people there. that could also tell you that it's time to start stepping up your writing game a little bit
0: exactly and we provide hopefully we provide easy to action uh, steps to just tweaking your copy so that it reaches that level we've had um, our salesperson he actually had to edit a blog post for one of our clients and it was at a general level and he's like we have to get to academic and it took a bit of time but the fact that you could see it um, get more technical, more challenging to read, but for that audience it was actually a quite interesting
1: experience. That's actually really cool cuz sometimes as as the marketers or the copywriters in the business, we may be writing content for people way smarter than us and that can be a challenge.
0: Mhm. That's what we're going to be talking about at uh, Gilbane is the importance of language and understanding how people perceive it and if you're writing or you're crafting for that audience because if you're writing for like a different culture let's say you're here but you're freelancing for somebody in um, London or England you know what that one word is not gonna might not be the same meaning
1: it's funny I used to uh, I used to work for a UK agency but I was sitting in the US and I thought everyone was so very polite until like this French guy who I'd gotten tight with was like yeah um, when they say that it means they're annoyed And, yeah, you know, that that's, that's real. It's, uh, it can be hard to tell.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, even when I went to Japan, and granted, it is going to be in Japanese, but there are ways to say thank you, and if you don't say thank you the proper way, it could be really disrespectful. Like, for here, we're very casual, so we say thanks, and to us, that's enough. But to them, mm-hmm. if you say thanks to an older person or somebody on the street that you don't know, that's extremely disrespectful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's actually, that's a really cool way to look at it. Like I spent some time in Malaysia as well a few years ago, and they have sort of a unspoken thing where if somebody offers you a gift or food or whatever, you need to refuse it a few times. If you just take it the first time, that's like kind of greedy. <laughs>
0: so from- <laughs> anyway,
1: machine learning.
0: <laughs> well, it's all part of it, right? Data helps us understand better as to what we're saying and what we're trying to communicate, right? So I, I guess just to get some insight from you, how do you pick what you should write when it comes to getting more motion in copy and communications?
1: I actually typically use something called the MMS framework. I think it's a kind of it's a bit of an older one. Um, I think plenty of people will be familiar with it. I'm actually going to Google a specific thing so that um, I can actually tell you what it is.
0: Yeah, because like a lot of people are having trouble with that, and we just updated our emotion measure to be more um, effective instead of just before it was just like highlighting blue or yellow, but it wasn't giving you any um, recommendations as to what words to actually use. And a lot of writers or, and marketers are always trying to resonate with their audience and be more emotional, be more personable. And I just want your take on that.
1: I think one of the big things I always try to check for before something goes out is sort of urgency plus relief. So like it's not enough just to like inspire urgency, be like, hey, there's this new thing, you need to learn this, you need to do that. It's easy. It can be easy just to say all that stuff to sort of make your point, but then not give people a pressure release valve for like, what's the next thing? Like that kind of fits into a lot of conversion rate optimization principles where you want to set them up, but then give them somewhere to go. And then as far as like instilling emotion in copy, I mean, vocabulary is obviously important, the words you use are very important. Um, You can't just say something is very this or that. You need to really tell them why or how. Um, and then down to a more granular just sort of information hierarchy level using signals like bolding, italics, colors, lines, baby faces pointing at things. There's sort of the whole ecosystem of emotion. And frankly, I think emojis are becoming a big part of this, too. Just all these signals to sort of paint that picture for someone. So it's not just a web page or an email coming through. It's more of an experience or an emotion.
0: <laughs> Funny enough, our CEO was kind of joking about making an emoji translator because he has kids and they're always using emojis to speak on their on their cell phones. And he's like, we should just have a translator because I don't understand what those pictures mean.
1: <laughs> but I think I think he's looking at it the wrong way. I think he needs a translator to send his copy into emojis to so communicate. <laughs>
0: <That's> very- <laughs> True, too. I mean, how many emojis is actually too many nowadays?
1: (laughs) I watched this really interesting webinar with this sort of hippie marketer lady. She was amazing. I loved what she was saying. She was talking about emotion online, and the way she put it was the first widely adopted expression of emotion on the internet was the like, Mm -hmm. right? It's a thumbs up. I like this. Yeah. And that was like when it really first your mom started expressing emotion online outside of exclamation points and then it (laughs) evolved into emojis and all this stuff and I think with ML it's cool to see another evolution coming to sort of just the written word as well.
0: Mm -hmm. So what, to the next question, what did, what, why did you pick up Watson and when it came to language were you, what were you using it for your content? What did you need to change after learning about um, the impression you were giving off in your content?
1: So the persona for the HubSpot email marketing certification is sort of marketing Mary. You can read all about her all over the place. She's like a sort of entry to mid-level marketer at a small B2B company or a small agency. She's just been hired, something like that. Uh What we found was that we were taking too long to say too much. Hmm. Like, we found we were sort of out of balance. The persona of our copy was like very prescriptive, very class lecturer. Whereas the person we were reaching out to, they were, they're peppy. They've got emails coming in. They want to go get their latte. They want to like learn this new thing and get back to work. So, that really has sort of helped me build new guardrails for like ongoing updates and the way that I'm going to be evolving what I work on. So, to make everything more snappy, something that gets to you quickly, gets you what you need to know, and lets you get out of there.
0: So for making those changes, what kind of uh, resp- results did you see?
1: We're in the process, actually, because this is something I've only been in HubSpot for about six months now. Mm-hmm. So I'm bringing something new in and sort of getting buy in across my team. Um, right now, I'm actually finishing up sort of a full audit on the email ecosystem in HubSpot. Um, and a few just to preview, you know, we're going to be taking our video classes and cutting them down, adding more interactivity to them. We're revisiting the tests we give. They're a little too long and a little too hard. We need to give something more visual or something that tests sort of EQ as much as it tests IQ for marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a very busy spring for me.
0: It's really interesting to hear that you're going to use it for your scripts or for your videos. How do you go about, How do you see yourself going about doing that?
1: For doing like a script, we have we do a lot of planning. So we kind of have this backwards plan of like what people are going to learn, what they're going to feel, things like that. Once a script is done, it does sort of go through committee, right? So it has to be QA'd, it has to go through the editor, the video guy has to sign off. By the end of that process, this script has been through a lot of hands. And like you said earlier, and I think that was pretty accurate, it can almost become written by committee. So towards the end of the process, you can run your script back through one of these platforms and get a good idea of, now that all these hands have been on it, like what does this script really sound like to the listener? And is it still going to achieve the objectives we had set out before we even wrote the thing.
0: That's that's a really smart take on how to approach a script because we write some scripts for our current videos and I'm always questioning, okay, is this, is it what I'm saying too dry or should I make it more entertaining or is it too long and uh, I might have to compare Watson with Atomic Reach sometime. Sounds like a hey, I,
1: I think I, I use both. I think you guys both hit very important points. Like Watson's not going to help you write; it's mm-hmm. going to tell you what you wrote.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what uh, what do you do at HubSpot? I'm a inbound marketing professor. So, what that means is, HubSpot has a academy. We call it HubSpot Academy. We do a lot of our certifications, which are, you know, sort of inbound marketing. Sort of, they're the gold standard for certifications in this little niche. So we maintain and create and update those. We do a lot of blogging around education. We do podcasts, webinars, um, all with the goal of educating and inspiring people to help them like, do better marketing.
0: So I was looking into the HubSpot certificate, and I was wondering, how does that stand up to industry and traditional educational uh, systems?
1: So I think what we do really well is figuring out the why, how, and the what of what we're teaching. But people like, say, Google Analytics, I think they're, they're pretty far ahead of us currently on the education experience, like how easy the site is to use, how quickly you can get all your certifications, how good the library is. And we're making big steps to catch up. We actually just launched a whole new certification catalog or portal. But that's one thing we're really focused on for next year is just the general experience. Like, what does the desk feel like?
0: Mm. So should I, should I wait to take that certificate or just jump right in?
1: Um, you should totally just do the inbound certification first. Okay. It only takes a couple hours, and it'll you'll probably find some really good stuff in there, some stuff that may not quite apply to you because of your niche. But, you know, take and choose what works for you.
0: You can never stop learning no matter what it is, I think.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it, was, it was really fun going to inbound and just talking and learning all these crazy different jobs people have.
0: Thanks so much for your time and, I guess, jumping right into the podcast from our initial, I guess, setup meeting.
1: <laughs> no, this was a pleasure. Let's keep the conversation going.
0: For sure. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you later. Well, listeners, we hope you were able to learn a bit about how big tech companies are now revving up their efforts in machine learning technology and how it's affecting the marketing industry. With Joel's bonus tips about presentations and exclusive news from Atomic Reach, I hope we inspired you to look beyond traditional softwares when it comes to analyzing, tracking, and adapting your content strategy. Thanks so much for listening to the Content Marketing for the Future podcast. Be sure to subscribe and let us know your thoughts over on Twitter at Atomic underscore Reach, or leave us a comment on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Follow Joel on Twitter at Hubtrog, that's H-U-B-T-R-O-G, and definitely check out the HubSpot Academy. There are a number of free and useful certificates to satisfy your thirst for inbound marketing knowledge. Don't forget, you can reach out to me personally at Manda underscore Aurora, that's M-A-N-D-A, underscore a u r o r and special shout out to our biz dev slash audio editor Supash. hope to see you all next time this has been amanda chu from atomic reach signing off